had a good session this past session, and I think that that will provide a, a great baseline of where to begin our work this coming year. MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session. Got to have the ability to get their product to market. As long as you're performing, we want to be behind you pushing. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session presented by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. I'm MDOT Deputy Director of Public Affairs, Paul Catull, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Will Kraft. He handles government and constituent affairs here at the agency. And Will, let's just dive right in. Uh, And first of all, this episode is being recorded on Friday, January 20th. And today we're welcoming back to the show the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Mississippi, Delbert Hoseman. He was elected in 2019 as Mississippi's 33rd lieutenant governor, and he previously served as Mississippi's Secretary of State. Governor, we know uh, it is a very busy time. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Oh, it's good to be here. Thank you very much. 33rd kind of makes you feel old, man. Who are the other, who are the other guys and girls? I don't know. Right, right. We certainly appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a Friday, folks, but that means nothing in the lieutenant governor's office. They're wide not. open. We had early morning meetings this morning working on uh, rural health and uh, discussing problems, significant problems the state has with the rural health problems. And then we've done 600 bills, been allocated so far in the last wow. 72 hours. And so um, they're all long, by the way. <laughs> we have about another 150 to do today and this weekend. Some so pleasant we'll, reading we'll, material there. We'll be on the, on the working day. I imagine so. Well, just real quick, we'll touch back on last year. It was a great session for MDOT. Um, I think you guys had a great session over there as well. You enjoyed it. Everything went great. Um, Brief, we're looking back. This is our three-year plan. We talked about ad nauseum. We've got a lot of projects on the street, and that is um, a big credit to the legislature, especially the Senate over there, getting the extra funds that, that we so desperately needed, the resources. And uh, I think we're, we're making progress, right? We're, we're coming along. Well, um, I want to go from the map to the road. Sure. And uh, we appropriated with the federal government as well about $2.2 or $2.3 billion dollars. We paid, uh, the legislature as a group paid for your maintenance fund of $45 million for this year and next year in advance. So we've already paid our maintenance in advance. So we would hope that the maintenance would be done in advance. And we also devoted $100 million to the Emergency Road and Bridge Fund, which is utilized by mainly by the counties, but some by the cities as, as they come forward. Um, and that's done through um, a process, uh, an advisory council that you have, and, and then, of course, comes back to the commission and uh, Brad and make the final decisions. But um, we have devoted more there uh, than ever in the history of Mississippi. We also matched the $40 million we needed to match for the $200 million for the federal money that came out, um, in addition to our normal budget requirements, which are about a billion dollars from the state. So we... We have emphasized roads and bridges, and the last time I was here, we talked about the fact that um, there is a gap between appropriation and dirt. Sure. And it, it was very concerning to me that we were that gap was too big. Right. So we talked with Brad a good deal about that, as well as the other commissioners, and and I was proud of y'all to see that you did nine hundred sixty-three million dollars in contracts. That's right. That's very important. Our people, if we're going to take your tax dollars and all y'all are tax payers, if we're going to take your money, we need to see barrels and backhoes out on the streets. 
So I was very pleased with that. Um, I'm still, like y'all are, I think, frustrated with the time between appropriation and being on the roads. Um, the design team here, and I came through MDOT, and I've sat with a number of your people here in right. the office before, and I learned a lot about building culverts and stuff. But <laughs> uh, was outside my level of expertise, but in any way, I, uh, I learned a lot about that. And I don't know that the slowdown is necessarily here, although I think um, we need to get into the sprint mode here. Sure. Uh, we have an opportunity where we have these funds, and we ought to be turning things that are priorities from MDOT into actual work. So um, we, we need to act, act, act really accelerate the process here further. I'm hopeful that you'll break a million a billion dollars in contracts this year, uh, letting those out. I'm hopeful that you'll uh, finish the preliminary work on 7, 15, um, Interstate uh, 55 from Hernando um, up to South Haven area, or the shorter South Haven area. Right. Um, there are a number of ones that are in that have been in the preliminary stage, and we'd really like to go um, go play the game. We don't need to be practicing anymore or any longer than we can. So I'm I'm very hopeful that we'll continue to see an acceleration. Now a lot of the discussions have been that we get held up by the federal government. The federal government want to pay, and they change about three different times, and we we have problems with them, and then they change the rules on us ten times and all like that. You know, really, that's just part of the deal, I think. Uh, and y'all been good at it a long time, and so uh, when they start that game, we need to, you know, their, their office is down there on Capitol Street, I think. We just all need to go sit in the waiting room until they approve your plans. Don, we're coming to see you. You heard it here. <laughs> right here. So I, I do I do hope that they will pick up the pace and get uh, really get in the game that, that you're starting to play and really playing right now, which is we want to take the money that the taxpayers give us and we want to put it in the dirt. And uh, until we do that, um, we're, we're not really achieving what people hired us to do. Right, and I think we're at such an opportune time right now. We're, we've got the flush with funds that, that you just mentioned, and the opportunity's there for to get out and get the work out and get it done. Speaking of uh, set some records, pace, man, that's go for right. it. Get that 964 bumping on up. I want to see one that has seven or eight figures in it. You That'd know, be awesome. Billion or ten billion or whatever. Go. Well, and speaking of pace of things, like uh, you're experiencing right now, I know you guys are wide open across the street. Mm -hmm. Just came through the first deadline. What's that first deadline for the folks out there? That's when you have to have them drafted and filed. Uh, drafting requests were due last week, and then the actual bills had to be filed this week. And so we have all the bills filed that are general bills. Your appropriations bills are under a different calendar, so they'll come later in the session. And we're real hopeful we'll be out of here by the middle of March. Uh, we're, we're shooting to be through as quickly as we can uh, this year and, and every year, actually. So we don't, you know, we save money when we're not here for the taxpayers by not being in session. So we're hopeful to, we're, to finish early. But your appropriations bill for MDOT, for example, has not been, has not made the light of day yet. But the general bills which involve uh, criminal matters, civil matters, divorce matters, all, all kinds of other things. Those are um, all have been filed and have met whatever the deadline is in the Senate and in the House. So they're out there matriculating. I think the House had about 2,000 bills. We're probably going to end up with about 800. And so, um, so you start with 2,800 or 3,000 bills. By the time all of them are aggregated, that's a lot to go through. And... Um, 
eventually probably only a few hundred of them will actually pass. And that is, just to put that in perspective, again, we're talking about a handful of folks and staff with Lieutenant Governor here, about 3,000 bills in the matter of, of two weeks. So lots of reading material. I know, Andrew, uh, you're keeping him busy over there with all those bills for sure. Yeah, we have like six six people working. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of reading. That yeah, is. if you allocate it out, we do about a billion dollars a person. Goodness gracious. Man. That is that is not ins- insignificant. So, Governor, you know, we obviously discussed – took care of MDOT last year. Is there any other there any other transportation infrastructure-related kind of topics going through the legislature this year? I know we have electric vehicles yeah, and that sort of thing going the, on. Um, well, we can touch all of those. Uh, the We are concerned about our ports and marines. That's uh, You'll see when the Mississippi River went didn't go dry, but it went effectively dry and we couldn't get out. We could not get our grain out. To New Orleans to get it out to the world. Actually, in, in, in the war situation that's going on with Ukraine, it was particularly poignant that we do so. We were not able to do that by barge, which is the most economical way to get things out, roads and bridges to, to the ports and harbors and ports and harbors out to the world. So you saw the legislature last year put up significant funds to improve our ports and harbors, and I think you will see that again. Some of our rail transportation, particularly our local rail transportation to our new um, to our new factories and those kinds of things, rail is also inexpensive. And by the way, we're uh, supportive of that because that means we don't have to maintain our own. Obviously, it's a private private entity. And so we are um, we are very uh, very interested in making sure that we have rail transportation, particularly to pick up a lot of our products. But our ports and marines will be a, a major factor, a contributing factor this year. Last year, we spent $40 million on creating uh, new industrial sites. I thought that was really important. That goes through the Mississippi Development Authority, and it usually takes about 4 or $5 million to, get, to have one flattened and, and the water and sewer and, and electricity brought to it and everything. It's quite expensive to do all of that. But most of these businesses now are making decisions in a just-in-time. It's kind of an old way, just-in-time inventory. You may have heard that. But they're making these decisions right in an immediacy. And so they're not interested in saying, well, we'll go clear a site. We'll have everything ready for you in six months or a year. You know, they're like, we need to build a factory. And where do you got one? Well, we want to say we've got one right here. And it's not shovel-ready. It's move-in ready. So you'll see us again, I think, uh, in conjunction with the governor, um, selecting more sites to be uh, really industrial sites to be fully prepared for industry to come here because we have a number of different assets. Your roads, of course, are, are critical aspects of that. The water, if you go past Dallas, they don't have any water. Like, they don't have any water. <laughs> so. So we have an asset. So we have a number of different assets here in Mississippi. Our people, our community college system, we've done Accelerate, which is how to train our people, putting a lot of money into that. I'd like to see community college be tuition-free. Several of them have attained that. Community colleges now, we want our kids to go into tuition-free schools if they want to do that and learn a trade or or begin their preliminary uh, graduate studies. So all of those are, are impacted, and we're working on all of those, which will uh, end up being part of our transportation package. Absolutely. It's, uh, that's a great reminder that transportation infrastructure isn't just roads and bridges. There's yeah. a whole system there. Yeah. So, of course, this is an MDOT podcast, but we want to kind of get outside of 
of transportation infrastructure a little bit. What other priorities do you have during the uh, 2023 legislative session? Well, we have a, we have a number of um, uh, issues or opportunities, and we like to think, um, well, the way I look at them, but uh, we, we have issues in our rural health care. And yesterday, um, the Senate, I was just really proud of them, came out with a rural health bill that would allow uh, where you're not subject to antitrust provisions if, if small rural health care com uh, community hospitals merge together. I thought that was really important. Okay. And we came out with a, um, um, a plan in which to give them some money to really bridge the gap between where we are and where we're going, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But uh, I went to Greenwood and uh, walked the hospital. That's kind of the canary here. Um, after it has rejuvenated itself to not have OBGYN there anymore, they have really downsized the hospital. It's five floors or down to three floors of actually being used, and some of those are offices for these uh, doctor's offices that they moved into the hospital. They are going to lose right at $20 million this year after they've downsized. So it is not... Um, it's not f financially viable to continue that. All right, so given that, how do we go about making sure that we don't have babies born in the back of trucks and stuff? Uh, you know, what, what is the challenges for those? So uh, no matter how good your roads are, um, babies don't nor normally <laughs> wait till they get to the interstate, so we're not, we gotta be careful about that. So what, we, what we're looking at now is a process that would allow our, our small rural hospitals to aggregate their assets and liabilities together as, you know, and have a, a position that may be at one for every you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and another place Tuesday, Thursday. They may have areas of expertise. They do that kind of thing. We want all of them to have an emergency room and an OB and an internal medicine. And, but not necessarily uh, if you're having, you know, heart surgery, we, you can't have that in every hospital or whatever. So you'll see, I think, right-sizing of the medical, the delivery of medical care in Mississippi. And that will involve a lot of different things. Um, it'll involve the major hospitals that we have, six or seven that are really into this, uh, those, and it'll involve these smaller hospitals right-sizing to something that is uh, continue to be financially viable and the federal government has come out with a pro program on rural health care hospitals. So there's a lot of work to be done in rural health care, and I was real pleased with the Senate in taking the leadership to provide for scholarships for nurses that stay in Mississippi, yeah. like $6,000 a year for three years, $18,000 will pay off your debt if you'll be a nurse. We're about 3,000 nurses short, which um, is a good economic life. and. And also very viable, maybe uh, for somebody who wants to come to the workforce for a while and leave it, maybe to raise a family and then come back to the workforce and you know work part time or whatever. There's so many opportunities for uh, that skill set. When I was in Pearl River County uh, a couple of weeks ago at uh, the community college there, they had 44 nurses in training. They had 200 applications. Wow! So as part of our program that was released just uh, the day before yesterday. We're, we're encouraging our community colleges to use their infrastructure, and we'll do infrastructure build-out to allow more nurses to basically get into school and then, and then hit, really, the bedside where, where they need you. And we don't need to look further than COVID to look at that. Rural health care is a big deal, and then we'll be talking about taxes as well. We, we think we ought to send money back to the taxpayers this year. Uh, we've, we've been very lucky, uh, very lucky about that. I'll get into the financial situation of the state when you were ready to do that. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. 
No, at any time, it, it, however you want to run with these topics, you're hitting everything that we wanted to ask you about. I mean, I can um, see your notes. I, I know it. You're, you're right on top of everything. Well, one thing you, you mentioned in this conversation already, but uh, infrastructure specific, water and sewer. And the focus that you guys are placing on on getting the water and sewer repairs around the state. Yeah, we uh, that's another smart thing I think the legislature did. We we told the cities and the counties if you put money in, we'll match it. Now we got 1.8 billion dollars, and we better we spent over here. But we took 1.8 billion dollars, and we t told 450 million dollars of it. We told cities and counties if you'll put up money, 450 million, we'll put up 450 million. So instead of the state frittering this away some kind of way we actually had 433 million dollars worth of applications so there's fixing to be about 900 million dollars in long-term water and sewer That's including awesome. jackson by the way that was my next question so there, <laughs> there there's a lot of money being devoted out here and around then we took another 300 million dollars and put it in rural water so people outside of the major municipalities will have clean water. We thought that that is a generational change. And by the way, that works into the economics of bringing a factory here or whatever. Sure. Then we put like 75 million, which was a match with co-ops, $150 million in broadband all over Mississippi. So we started as a broadband office and we've got a federal dollars coming in. It's another, at least another hundred million. And our co-ops have jumped in and been way more than the 150 million now they're probably closer to three or four hundred million getting out into rural broadband that's critical because we can't our kids can't get educated and a whole bunch of different other things we can't even farm anymore without having that's access right. to the internet so we we have a lot of that going on that's real positive in the transportation area i was real pleased with that we saved 350 million dollars which we did not spend of that money and we'll come back to i hope generational changes have you been pleased with the, the rural broadband rollout and expansion? It has been. Um, we, the co-ops did a great job. The federal government now has given us a whole bunch of other money. They've asked, they've come up with uh, what parts of Mississippi are not covered. And um, both uh, Senator Sally Doty, where she's head of this division now, of broadband and I both dispute the federal government's uh, map of Mississippi. We think that we have significant other things that are not covered by broadband. Mm -hmm. So she has uh, employed a study and we'll be having it very shortly about what areas are actually gaps in the coverage. And that's what we'll be going to the federal government with. She's doing a good job and we should know that very shortly. I think January the 13th uh, actually is a deadline for part of the uh, application process that she's doing. Okay. The, the federal map shows us more covered than yes. we think? Yes. Yeah. I like a lot. Oh, oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, some of that they, they, they give credit to the satellites like our people can get on satellite or whatever. But it's it's uh, she's putting in our protest and we'll see that that'll come back to how much money we get actually okay in the broadband That'd be gotcha, something to follow gotcha. yeah no doubt no doubt so uh lots going on in the 2023 session kind of look back at your uh, your first term as lieutenant governor any kind of major accomplishments you want to tout well i'm uh, i'm pleased covid didn't get everybody <laughs> that's true you know it was just a horrible uh, event for us we struggled so much and i thought the governor did a good job trying to balance uh, people doing um, health care decisions and all this other and whether we get to do this or not and where you may uh, you know wear a mask or not so many of those decisions uh, seem fainter now uh, and foggier now as we've gone <laughs> gone past that 
but COVID was a huge thing. The legislature for the first time ever stopped its session. We actually stopped in February, came back in uh, June, and then back again in, in the fall. We, that, that had never been done in our history. So it, it was a demanding time, I think, to get anything done and then to worry about your fellow man and woman and legislator, whether they were going to be sick or... And we had several. Manly Barton from the House, we really just really struggled. A lot of us had had, I had COVID, and it, it was uh, very debilitating. So a lot of that struggle, you seem to, you know, you seem to think that that's just gone. It's not. Uh, COVID's coming back in different strains and whatnot. We just have to take normal healthcare stuff. So right. you no, know, I, I think that was one of the biggest. The other things that we have done that nobody talks about, we have shrunk the size of government. We used to have 26,000 employees. We have 23,000 employees now. We have not borrowed any money in two years. That has never been done in the history of this state since 1817. Wow. So we, um, we have paid off $600 million in principal. Now, when, when you get to that, when you start looking at we're running the state government like a business, that has also been foreign <laughs> to state government. <laughs> but by right-sizing our employees, and we gave raises to the ones that were here and were working hard, that's appropriate. Then we also have paid off debt. We have $2.7 billion in cash in, in the state government. $700 million of that is a rainy day fund. $350 million of it is the American Rescue Plan that we have to use on infrastructure. But the rest of that is money that has come over the last year or so because the first year we started, we reduced the budget by 2%. That was hard to do. And we went through COVID and all that other, but we have come out making the state the best possible place for you and your children and my grandchildren to come and uh, live and prosper. So I'm, I think we are, we are in the best possible space position we've been in in addition to that during that time we gave the largest teacher pay raise ever i happened to be out actually duck hunting with sarah huckabee sanders for the governor of arkansas now and she we were talking about a lot of different things they were doing and we have a lot of the same issues but she was chatting me she said you're putting a lot of pressure on me because you've raised your teacher's salary so much you know, I'm going to have to raise our teacher's salaries. And I thought, isn't this a great spot for Mississippi to be in? Oh, yeah. So we raised teacher salaries. We had the largest tax cut ever. We're the fifth lowest tax cut of states that have taxes. I think there's seven or eight or nine of them that don't. But of the other ones, the other 40-something of them, uh, we're the fifth lowest tax state in the country in income taxes. So we devoted all the money, as we talked about, to infrastructure, $2.3 billion dollars. We devoted it to water and sewer and broadband and things that will be here forever. So in the last three years, the, there has really been an epiphany in the way state government is run and its, and its attitude towards generational changes versus let's just cobble together something that we can get out of here. So I'm real pleased, and that, that is a direct result, I think, of um, 52 men and women in the Senate and 122 men and women in the House. It's really great to hear all of that. Fantastic accomplishments for sure. Jam-packed episode so far. Will, let's take us home. And I'm just to say, I'm sure there, if, if you guys have been around lieutenant governors, not one to 
harp on accomplishments. I'm sure there's a laundry list of things that he did not touch on. The man just finds a problem, solves it, and moves on to the next one. And, again, they're wide open over there. Wrap us up here a little bit today. Last year we kind of asked you a food question. We're going we're gonna to put a little spin on it this time. Not so much your favorite, and you can certainly give us a favorite, but how about a new place? Have you been somewhere new that, that maybe just opened or that you had never been before to eat? Well, when, uh, um, when we had this, uh, the last round of this where the water was shut off in Jackson, um, I thought it was a good idea to go to restaurants. Sure. So I went to Johnny T's down on Ferris Street okay, down yeah. here, and I become friends with Johnny. Now he he came from Omaha here and uh, went to Jackson State, stayed here, and he's run his restaurant and stuff. So I, I like to go down there and eat, you know, at lunch and stuff. And so I'm down there and I look over at the other table next to me, and it has Coach Prime oh. on the table. And sure enough, I'm having lunch there and fiddling around and talking to Johnny T or whatever, and another senator we brought and here comes a coach prime and so he's sitting there and we're kind of good to see you you know good luck this weekend you know we're just kind of just kind of like normal so food's great and i uh i enjoy johnny teases i've been back a number of times that's great i've actually awesome. seen it a thousand times but haven't stopped in we'll have to pop in go by that oh, lunch yeah. is great i'll have to remember that bars open pretty much year round <laughs> we remember that too there you go yeah we'll take the podcast team out johnny tees <laughs> that's right Governor, really appreciate it. Great episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Good to see y'all. Thank you for having me. And um, y'all just work real hard and make sure you stay in Mississippi. We're making it a better place. No doubt. Love Mississippi. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up. I want to thank our listeners out there for tuning in to the Extra Mile podcast. You can watch and listen to episodes by visiting gomdot.com forward slash the extra mile. Remember to follow us on social media at Mississippi DOT, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, etc. Uh, we would like to thank our editor, Drew Hall, uh, for making uh, things go behind the scenes today for us. And without further ado, let's wrap things up. Remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways.